Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour of Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow underway. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop here and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hope you will uh, join us in the chat. It's live. Smash the like button. Yeah, like the, been doing a great like the job. post. Smash Subscribe the like to the channel. You can get all of the great shows here across the Outkick Network, and uh, including the the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, which is available both today, every Tuesday and Friday, at Outkick.com. Just an example of the YouTube chat that's been on fire today. Yeah. David on YouTube says, teams now want to see how many wedges they can drive into their fan bases to split them into factions instead of bringing people together. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. See, I, well think, said. I think a lot of this, so this is, we're, we're carrying over our conversation from the last uh, segment about the, the Dodgers flipping back and forth between the sisters of perpetual indulgence yeah. and whether or not they're invited to Pride Night. What this is... Just a ridiculous story to begin Sports with. today in a stadium, I think the toughest ticket to sell is the cheapest one. It's the upper deck. Um, in, in regards to, you've got uh, high school football teams. They're invited to an NFL game. They're not sitting down low. They put them up top because those tickets are not selling. For $45, you're not going to spend that money to sit up top where you can't even see the game, really to sit out in the elements, to sit in traffic, to potentially and probably pay for parking. It's an all-day event on an NFL Sunday. You'd rather stay at home. The best seat in the house is at home. So this is an effort. Uh, my guess is, Chad, a lot of the Pride Night tickets are giveaways. They're inviting people to the stadium to buy concessions and merch, the Pride merch, because the average fan is not going to buy that merchandise. And it's an effort to sell more merch than it is sell a ticket. And it's my, I'm looking around on any, we're, we're, we're honoring, you know, blank night. It's whatever you want to fill in the blank with. They don't have courtside tickets. They're up top. And specifically with the outdoor stadiums, nowadays, the toughest ticket is the cheapest one. Well, I agree with you, but here, here's an idea for the Dodgers. Instead of inviting the, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or whatever it is, invite local Little League teams to come out. They do. Try I'm to, sure they try do. to harvest fans for a long time to come out there. I mean, just an honest question. How many of the Sisters of well, Perpetual Indulgence are going to return and pay for tickets to go to Los Angeles well, Dodgers games? They, they're not going to return it's and pay for tickets. It's common sense about going, who, who is your market? Their market is for is them for their Pride Night jerseys that they're selling or the hats. They're making very specific merch that sells in that pro shop that night. That's what they're selling. And they're doing it. it no one's complaining about the Little League night. That's why we don't hear about it. Of course. No and one, I'd want more of those things if I'm a team. But, I mean, that, think about the, the... ones that's not starting a huge controversy. But, again, I, I, I agree with you. But the... For whatever reason, teams, you know, they're not just dipping their toe in it. They're diving head first, and they can't, they're, they're so turned around and confused. They don't know what to do, what's right, what's wrong. They're just following the social media wave 
which isn't real half the time anyway. Yeah, it's just, and it's it's so, I, this next statement could be summed up and we could just clarify and solve so many problems if we went by this, this take on everything. Just use common sense. You know what's not going to get you in trouble? Honoring troops who sacrificed themselves for us on a daily basis. Bringing out little league teams to your ballpark. Never heard the family or parents of a little league kid who got invited to a minor league baseball game or a major league baseball game or an NFL game or anything that left saying, man, I really hate that team now for inviting me out. Never heard a fan of a team saying, man, I wish they didn't invite that junior high football team out to the game on Sunday or the, the baseball game this past weekend. Never have I heard any of that. Use common sense. Who's your ticket base? Who are your fans? How can I piss off the least amount of people and do something that serves me and my team? These are all common sense examples of what to do. Inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence for Pride Night, not one of those things. Not going to help. Marco Rubio returns that serve right back to Rob Manfred and you disinvite them. And then everyone else gets pissed off and then you invite them again. Stay out of it by not inviting them in the first place. Boom. I just solved your problem for you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll now charge you $500,000 well, for a consulting fee, which you're probably paying someone right now to get you out of this stupid web that you've woven with this group. Well, but here's, here's my next question. Would the clickbait headline stop if they did a Christian night? One night. No. Because someone is going to write a column no, but, in the LA Times and say, but it's the same. It's one had, night, just like the. You can do whatever you want. This is an anti Catholic group. If you did a Christian night, would the headlines stop? No. They would continue. Because the headlines right now are about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. I'm That's telling my you, point. I, I believe they would continue for this reason. And I don't reason. care. I don't care about them. Or really, like. Anyone Again, I'm, if I'm going to a game, I don't care who I'm sitting next to. And the media, that, in particular, wants me to care, and I don't give a damn who I'm sitting next I, to I just, if I'm paying my money to go to a game and watch my team play. He, here's, and it, the reaction comes from what the media reports on and the clickbait BS but it's not, that this it is comes not, from. But and this the is Dodgers not, are playing back and forth with this it. This is the Dodgers' fault, and, though, for well, doing this to begin with. And the with politicians it. are getting involved with it, too. Yeah, it's not, and to me, this is not the media's fault. Now, if they did a Christian night, here's my prediction of what would happen. Those same L.A. Times writers who were upset about them being disinvited in the first place are going to then come back not, and say... These what was the uh, I'm term not saying disinvited. These right-wing meanies right. are now going out of their way to appease the Christian right and they've disinvited this other group but, and now this is a problem. He, here's the way I look at it though if I'm a team and I I I have joke about I stand for nothing, but I am about the team. If I'm the Dodgers, every night is pride night. Just like every night is right. Christian night. Just like every night is Jewish night. Just like every night is Latin American night. If you want to come and watch this team play and buy a ticket, I'm all for people of all creed, color, belief, politics, everything to come to the ballpark and watch the team. Right. Stop dividing it up and trying to honor different groups on different nights. I honor Dodgers fans or Padres fans or anyone that wants to come to the ballpark. Giants fans, if you want to come to a game. But I honor baseball fans that come to the park. It's that simple. But this has turned into a political game 
of Republican and Democrat BS instead of it being about the game. That's what it is. And the, the teams are the pawns in this because they feed off of whatever the reaction is. And I, the, the common sense element to me is just realizing that you're used as a chess piece, or maybe you're playing checkers, instead of actually feeding into a small group of vocal minority. And I refuse to just bend to that. Period. On either side of the aisle. And I, I don't, I mean, from a team perspective, that's why I set up the last topic with you, Chad. It should just be about, hey, we're going to win at all costs. Yeah, the, the teams, the come teams one, come should know this by now. Write a column so if you they, want to. When they, make the, when they put the invitation out and they start the night, and they, they, and, this is going to be the response. And, and the columnists who are writing, the, I mean, first off, the, the newspaper columnists that are doing this barely have a job as it is. And chances are they're going to the game to cover this one way or the other either way. And they'll write a negative story one way or the other either way. So I, I don't, I'm just not buying the whole realm of, oh, it's just for clicks and we're covering this or that based on whatever night it is. Just stop with it. Because if you just evened it out by saying, okay, this is anti-Catholic. Well, if you had a Catholic night, is that going to stop the headline? No, it will not. It's why it's I It's not a 50% not, one way, 50% the other. I'm not sitting here, you know, petitioning for a Catholic night or a Christian night no, or a Jewish either. night or anything. I'm saying... Because Every night work. is Dodgers night. And if you want to come watch a Dodgers game, we are welcoming to all different groups and all different backgrounds. We want you here. We want to treat you like family. We want this to be our community. You talked about you don't care when you're at a ball game. And you're right no. when, you, when you give someone a high five, what their beliefs are. Your team are. scores at a hockey game. You don't care who you're sitting We want next more to. of that. And the fact that these teams aren't smarter than this at this point they know exactly when they throw that ball into the air how it's going to get batted back and forth. And if they don't, they're stupid by now. Stop the serve and volley. Just stop it and stop a with vast, all of it. A vast majority of the public, I believe, stupid in this. We're all the pawn in this political game where you're now Rubio's got a headline based on this, based on the re-invite. And Rob Manfred is involved in it now. And it's a it's an upper deck section. Yeah, uh, look, I I do not disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. But if you want it, this all started with the Dodgers invite. So if you don't want to get involved and it, start that game going back and forth, no, no, no. It's not just the Dodgers. My though, approach. Chad. It's any team. Absolutely, if it's any team. I'm talking about this story specifically. But every team, I have been very clear on my creed. If I own a team, we are about the team. Stand for nothing else. We're not doing special interest nights. The special interest is my team and you having a good time at the ballpark or the field or whatever. If you do that, you avoid these stupid stories. Very simple. Well, no, but you can be about special interest nights, but it's got to be Not where <laughs> But there's a reason why radio stations want the, the, the state lottery to sponsor a show. And the reason for that is there's no competition for the state lottery. So the Tennessee lottery in town is getting hit up to sponsor every show in Tennessee because there's no competition there, which means you can advertise literally any other product on said show. That's like Cancer Awareness Month, where you have the NFL wear pink. They can wear the pink wristbands. Uh, my cause, my cleats. No one ever sees them because they get to warm up them and then they don't actually 
wear them during the game to where it's on a CBS or Fox or ESPN camera. Point being, like, keep it simple. It's, it's very, to me, very common sense. Especially when you see the clickbait headlines. It serves everybody but the fan. I agree. And it starts with the team. Just stop it. Stop playing into it. Chat, stop with the Knights. The Thursday night football schedule across the NFL, we are going to see flex scheduling. The proposal in March was for week 14 to be the start. It's actually going to be week 13. And Davey Hudson uh, pointed this out yesterday. It's going to be five weeks. You do not have a week 18 Thursday night football game. Although if Amazon wanted it, the NFL would probably vote it in. Here are, here are the games from week 13 through week 17 for Thursday night football, which could be flexed out if you have two losing teams matched up and the NFL can insert a playoff-worthy matchup 15 days prior. So let's say just around a week before Thanksgiving. Which of these games, Chad, is most likely to be flexed? Seattle and Dallas. The answer on that is no. Dallas, no matter what their record is, they will not be flexed out of Week 13. Patriots at Steelers. Chargers at Raiders. To me, it's one of these two. Okay. Chargers, Raiders. Saints, Rams. Followed by Jets, Browns. If I'm, I'm going to go in order of not getting flexed out. Okay. Jets, Browns, absolutely not. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, not going to happen. Cowboys, just because they're a part of it, absolutely not. Would be 1B on my list. Cowboys, Seahawks. Then I'd say Patriots, Steelers. And then it's really a toss-up to me. I think it's going to be Chargers, Raiders, Rams, or Saints. I'm going to go the one getting flexed out, Hutton, December 14th. Chargers, Raiders, divisional matchup, one of two. At least Saints, Rams is a one of one. Okay. There's not a duplicate game with that. I, I'm going to guess... Chargers Raiders will be flexed out of that Thursday night I think by it, that point in the year. I th so we're doing this based on if everything's healthy. Yeah, just yeah, a, every, our guess right now I what's going to happen. Rodgers is playing. I think it's Patriots Steelers that could be flexed out. Just one of these two teams, I think, is going to not live up to some expectation. And and the Ben Roethlisberger might be happy about the, that. <laughs> the no doubt. Um, we'll the, get to that. The division for. The, the Patriots is really intriguing. we got a former New England Patriot coming in studio in about an hour. John McClain's about to join us. But, Chad, here is last year's Thursday Night Football schedule from Week 13 to Week 17. And as we compare the games, Green Bay was hosting the Titans. You had in Week 13, yeah, Week 13, you had the Bills and Patriots, Raiders and Rams, it's funny that they're both included in this one, too. You've got the 49ers Seahawks. Jacksonville. Seahawks and also included. Jags and Jets are getting flexed, right, in week 16? Yeah. Dallas and Tennessee, no. Again, Dallas brings eyeballs for Prime Video. Amazon does not want them flexed out, period. They want them flexed in for a second time. Uh, and, in fact, the, the, better, the better game here is to go back to the other schedule and look at the noon kickoffs on the following Sunday from that Thursday night and see what Amazon would rather have. Uh, but it's going to take losing teams. That's the key. That's yeah, it's part a, of the rule. It's a fun game to play, but we're going to know a lot more about a month into the season on what we think is going to get flexed out later in the season. And I bet they flex multiple games. Oh, I do too. 
And Sunday and Monday night football also flexing from week five on. From week five to week 11, it's up to the network. They get to pick two games that they could flex out if they want to. From week 11 through the end of the season, it's that the NFL's discretion. So there could be a day where we get a 15-day notice on Thursday night football followed by another flex announcement based on whatever the noon slate is. John McClain's about to join us. We hit the NFL headlines. We'll start with, well, just the, the contradicting uh, announcements from the, from the league about player safety when it comes to fair catching a kickoff versus flexing a, a team not once but twice for Thursday night football on a short notice. That's next on Hot Mike. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in an hour, NFL cornerback and safety, Logan Ryan. We'll make it simple. Defensive back, Logan Ryan, will be in studio with us here in Nashville. DB extraordinaire. That's right. That's right. Uh, we've got the extraordinaire, John McClain, joins us from 610 in Houston, NFL columnist and more. John, great to see you. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate you having me on as always. No, no doubt. Uh, same, same here. Thank you for joining us. So let, let's just dive straight into this. So the, the idea that the NFL is potentially going to vote through uh, a fair catch rule, much like we have in college right now, where if you catch it inside the 25 on a kickoff, you, if you call for a fair catch, the ball is going to go to the 25. That's all for player health and safety. And they're going to do that vote and pass that, potentially. Maybe it doesn't pass, but we'll see. And then the day prior, or a couple days prior, they're going to vote through flex scheduling for Thursday night football. Another example of how they're going to say one thing here and do the opposite there, all for the sake of a billion-dollar contract. That's a lot of money, and that's the way the NFL operates. Um, They have not done the kind of job they want to to curtail the injuries on kickoffs. I had two guys I covered with the Texans who were paralyzed. Uh, Both of them had to retire. They got their feeling back, but they had to retire because of kickoffs. And I thought someday they might just put the ball to 25-yard line. I'm for anything that helps injuries. And all their studies have shown there's more on kickoffs than any other thing. So I got no problem with anything they want to do to cut down the injuries. And the thing that I I have a problem with on the Thursday night, like scheduling, is because the fans. I know that when the when the Texans play the Titans, the Texans they're called the traveling Texans. They may have three thousand fans that make that trip because number one, it's a great city. Number two, it's a short trip, and number three, everybody likes going to Nashville. So. 
if you pay for your ticket, and they buy those tickets uh, before the season, and they get their plane tickets and their hotel room. So all of a sudden, you may be going into a hotel that is booked. You may have, you're going to have your plane. You're going to have to change it. The NFL is not going to pay your change fee, and it might the the price of the ticket be jacked up anyway. It's it's going to discourage fans from making tickets. Now, if you're a fan of the Texans, you can go ahead and do that because they're not going to get any games flags this season. And <laughs> but if you're fans of a good team, you know you got to worry about it. And uh, Jerry Jones said some quote that only seven percent of fans get to go to an NFL game. Everybody else watches on TV. Well, that's fine unless you're one of the seven percent. And NFL is not going to reimburse you. So I like what the owners who were against it said, but everything the NFL does to make money, of course they don't have enough money. They're headed to the poorhouse, so they need to milk every last dollar they can out of the fans. John McClain with us. John, I want to get back to the kickoff rule in a moment from the special teams aspect, but let's let's stick on the Thursday night football flexing because – they, they got this vote to pass with exactly the, the amount of votes that Goodell needed. They tabled this in March. They took a straw poll instead of having an official vote, which would have failed, for this to pass on teams being flexed from week 13 to week 17. Now, we, we learned through uh, articles and, and reports, uh, the one I'm looking at is Pro Football Talk, the Saints and Commanders flipped their vote from no to yes. I'm, I'm curious what you think Goodell did between March and May to get this done? Probably promised them something they wanted. Um, he's not going to give them money, of course, but there's going to be something they want down the line. He went to owners, and in this case, the, the president of the commanders, because they don't really have an owner, certainly not going to be Daniel Snyder. As far as the Saints, I don't know. But Goodell twists a lot. He's good at arm twisting and elbow bending and arm twisting, all those things for backdoor politics. Nobody was as good as P. Rosell, the late great commissioner of the NFL. But Roger Goodell's pretty, pretty good at it. And so he got just enough to turn to help him get it passed. Does it say anything about the teams who voted no? Giants, Jets, I know the Packers did as well, the Lions, there were two others. Um, the teams that voted no, does it? are you reading into any of that at, at, at all? And, and if you had that many owners say no, there had to be others that were at least considering saying no initially to this proposal. I'm sure there were some on the fence. They had to be – They had a lot of guys will just go along for what's best for the league. Bud Adams, the late owner of the Titans, founded the Oilers. I was told for decades that Bud – would go into the meetings. He wouldn't say a lot, but whatever the league thought was best, he almost always, he almost always bought in and voted that way. And because he thought that's what's best for the league, not what's best for the individual team. A lot of teams do what they think is best for them. In this case, with these rules, you know, they'll do it for two or three years and then we'll forget about when it even started. You, what you're going to have, I think, you're just going to have fewer fans make road trips, which uh, is too bad because I know a lot of them, they have a whole lot of fun when they do make those road trips. I've entertained numerous fans who come from Nashville to Houston to see the Titans and the Texans, and I hate to see them lose out on it. 
unless they don't have a problem with the change of the date, possible change of the date and the elevation of the prices it's going to cost for them to come here. John, we've seen the NFL that they will spread the wealth as long as someone is giving them the wealth when it comes to TV rights and media rights. Is there such thing as being too many places with the latest example being a playoff game on Peacock? Is there even the possibility the NFL has spread it out too much or does any of it matter because people are going to watch no matter what? Kind of like I don't think it matters. They're going to watch the NFL. I remember, because I've been covering this league for 47 years, a lot of voices are doing that said, you know, why in the world would they want to play football on Monday night? Nobody's going to watch it. People are watching, and they list all the shows that were on all the networks. They're not going to watch football. They've just seen football all Saturday with the colleges. They've seen all Sunday with the NFL. It's, it's going to be the ruination of the game. Same thing on Thursday. Same thing when they went to Saturday Saturday games. And not everything works. One time they tried games with no announcers where you could just watch it. It was weird. You'd hear the fans. It was an NBC game. And I watched it. And I'm like, boy, I don't like this with no announcers. So they tried some things that didn't work. They tried some cities, some franchises that didn't work. But by and large, as you guys know, it's a multi-multi-billion dollar corporation. And it usually everything it touches turns to gold, and the owners just keep getting wealthier and wealthier. John, uh, I'm not I'm not admitting to anything here. I just know that there are sites where I, where a, a fan of the UFC or boxing could go to watch a pay per view without paying for it. Um, I can't wait to see the lawsuits from the NFL on these same sites <laughs> because there are going to be fans that figure this out, and the litigation is coming because of the illegal streaming that's going to take place based on the fact you have to go to all these different apps to find the product or your team if you're out of market. The uh, NFL fought the bars and the sports bars and the restaurants were showing the NFL without paying for it when they had the blackout rules. And eventually they got it worked out and then there were no blackout rules. So they'll they'll find the guilty parties and they'll come to some agreement. And that agreement is going to put more money into the NFL's pockets. John, quickly, just back to the the special teams rule, where, where potentially we could see a team fair catch, a player can fair catch inside the twenty five. The ball goes to the twenty five on a kickoff. Special teams coordinators are not happy with this. Some owners are going to reflect their their coaches within the room, but. I understand the health and safety aspect of it. I don't say that in light to begin the conversation on Thursday Night Football and flex scheduling because they did change the way that defenses have to play based on rules in place and players adapted. And that has helped in some regard to concussions and other things. They've protected the quarterbacks. They've changed their protocols on concussion protocol. With all that being said, the only way to really curtail injuries and specifically head injuries on kickoff returns is by implementing this college rule. They've clearly looked at what college has done and said, oh, it has helped on the injury front, even though we don't see nearly as many concussions collegiately as we do in the NFL. With, with I mean, what, a fifth, uh, a sixth as many players? The NFL used to have kickoffs with 100-yard returns. They were not common, but they would have a lot of them over the course of the season. 
And those kind of kickoff returns were so exciting. Fans loved them. Fans also love vicious hits. Yes. Hard hits. And remember when ESPN used to do that segment? I loved jacked it. Jacked up. I loved it. And when somebody would get hit, everybody would scream and yell because it's a violent game and we loved it. But uh, it's hard to argue, no matter what special teams coaches think, head coaches, owners, it's hard to argue with the statistics that supposedly are protecting their health, no matter what they think it does to the game. The game is so big and it's so good. It survived almost any rule change unless they, they decided you couldn't hit the quarterback. John, the great Jim Brown passed away late last week, and I bet you've been on every NFL Network show at some point, every documentary talking about Jim Brown at, at different spots. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about the great Jim Brown? He's the greatest player I've ever seen. And I started watching football in 1960 when I was a kid, and I never mentioned it. And Jim Brown, the Browns were on a lot, and he'd be going up against the Colts and the Giants and all these teams loaded with Hall of Famers, the Packers with Lombardi, and and they would, and he was he was big, he was six two and two thirty, and he was fast. He wasn't fast when it came to the 40, but nobody caught him from behind. He broke so many tackles. One of the things I love about going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, is going into the the movie part and clicking on a player's name and watching the highlights. I love watching Earl Campbell run. I loved watching Jim Brown run. And Jim Brown, you talk about a guy that got cheap shotted a lot. You know, a lot of the white guys didn't like him because he was an activist before activism was a big deal. And they were racist and they would take extra shots at him. And he never let him know that he was hurt. And when he got up, every time he got up, he got up really slow. And people ask him, Jim, why do you get up so slow? He said, because if I get hurt and I have to get up slow, I don't want him to know it. Uh, his main competition during that period was Packers Hall of Fame fullback Jim Taylor. They were fullbacks because they played two back backfields back then. And Jim Taylor was just the opposite. As soon as he's down, he'd start pushing and kicking for people to get off of him with such contrasting styles. And Jim Brown, go on. I'll go on the Internet, look up his greatest runs. You'll be blown away as I always was. John McClain, a Hall of Fame selector for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. John, there are, um, I don't know how many you can name, but specifically just on the position or just on offense, how many players transcend eras? Because Jim Brown could have played in any era he could play right now. Tom Brady could have played in the 20s, but he's not going to have the numbers that Tom Brady has in the 2010s, right? Like So point being... Jim Brown could play and dominate right now in this league's you know, version of what pro football is compared to when he played in the 60s. Well, think about it. He's 6'2 and 230. He yeah. could run. He had great balance. He could put his hands down. The guys that would have trouble are the guys that play today that went back in the old days when you could hit them in the face. You could pad up your forearm with anything you want, hit them in the face, hit them in the knees. I knew a player used to put a – Phillips screwdriver in his pad, and he'd push it out and try to rip people with his screwdriver. So they had things happen back then. Today, they'd cry and call their mommies, and uh, they'd adjust. You know, great players, great players. I don't think a lot of great quarterbacks from the old days could play today because it's such a passing game. 
And there's so much uh, back then, a lot of quarterbacks had more interceptions than touchdown passes, like Joe Namath, one of the greatest ever, because they didn't dump the ball off. They threw it down the field against man coverage. So a lot of big cornerbacks, because it wasn't all about speed. It was about physicality. But the great coaches like the great players. And and there are guys, Lawrence Taylor, Jerry Rice, Reggie White, uh, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Tom Brady. Those guys could play any time. Any in any era, John. Um, initial feedback on this because when we start listing the top AFC quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson's pretty far down the list, even with the young crop that we have in the AFC. And when I say pretty far, it's not like he's not outside of the top 10. But when we start listing the competition in the AFC, Cleveland doesn't come to mind initially. What do you expect? from Deshaun Watson, because the last time he was great, you saw him live in Houston, and he was getting the big contract extension. And even on a four-win team, he was doing everything he possibly could to be a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. What is your expectation for Deshaun Watson, the quarterback? I think he's going to be a great quarterback, but not as great a passer as he was here when he played half of his home games indoors. When he played Nashville, they didn't have bad weather unless it was windy. Jacksonville, same way. Indies indoors. Now every team in that division plays outside. He's got to play in December and January, and he was not a good cold-weather quarterback here, especially when there was wind. He'll have to adjust. I think he'll help the Browns win. The Browns haven't had a 4,000-yard passer since 1980. And Watson was coming close to 5,000, but he's going to have to adjust his game. And uh, I don't think he will – statistics will not bear out that he was as great as he was here, but he could play on more winners because the Browns are loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. At one point here, in his first two years, first three years, the Texans were loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. They had Watson and Watt and Hopkins and Clowney. And the Honey Badger, they had some stars. And now when it comes to stars, they have. Yep. Yep. John, thank you as always. And uh, we can't wait to see you whenever the Texans visit the Titans here in Nashville. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys. You never know. I may be up there before training camp. Appreciate it as always. Come see us, John. We'll have some moonshine right now. We'll hit Broadway. Let's go to the Pedal Tavern with John McClain. Thank you, John. When's the last time you guys hit Broadway? Oh, wow. I mean, well, y'all go home at night morning. and you go to bed. <laughs> Hutton woke up on Broadway this morning. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, well, you'll lead the band on one of these Broadway bars with us, John, next time you're in town. <laughs> I can't wait. Thanks very much. Yeah, there's John McClain. Thanks, John. Uh, follow him on social at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. One of the best right there. He's the man. Chad, uh, when we come back, a, a lot to discuss uh, from Big Ben and others. Let, let, the Steelers and Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett, we're going to hit that. And the discussion where Ben Roethlisberger was brutally honest with himself and with fans and with Kenny Pickett. And also Tiger Woods. We know he's not going to be available for the U.S. Open. Is he done for this calendar year? That's next on Hot Mike.
NFL defensive back Logan Ryan will join us in studio coming up in about 20 minutes. Super Bowl Friend champion. Friend of the show. Super Bowl champ. Friend of Tom Brady. Gonna ask him about. Uh, uh, we've long said any friend of Brady's is a friend of ours. Yeah, Julian Edelman, uh, any, Logan. By any the way, of Giselle's old friends, if they're knew, still friends now, he knew that Brady was retiring well before that final game because he he had Brady sign something like a football or something on like the final regular season game or uh, it was around that time with he the Buccaneers. He also knew full well when he was in studio with us that Brady when the Brady playing. stuff was going on, he yeah. knew exactly what was happening. I think so. Um, we'll ask him. He knew. Yeah, well, I mean, they were posting photos at uh, one of Logan's charity events, both couples together. He knew. We'll, we'll ask oh, yeah, him, but right. he knew. We got to give him credit for doing a good job of having a good poker face. And acting like he didn't He's really know when he was on with us. Joined multiple times. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. And he um, he was on during the preseason because they had a joint practice here in well, town. that's what I'm saying. That's when and, Brady didn't make the trip. But then they had, late in the year, the like you're saying, the Logan Ryan Animal Rescue Foundation. Yeah. He knew. So, well, yeah, you're right. We'll get to the bottom of it. Um, Logan, why did you lie to us? He probably knows. <laughs> Logan probably knows if Tiger's going to play again this he calendar might. year. He's got sources. I... I hope so, but at the same time, Chad, like the PGA Tour right now, and not not even the tour, the tour is really entertaining, but the major championships, I didn't even think about Tiger Woods no, for the I PGA Championship. I, I'm and with I, you, I, and that's really the first time, and it and it had to do with the fact he wasn't playing, but at the same time, it was Kepka, uh, the storylines of John Rahm going in, Kepka, in his own words, choking at the Masters. And it's not even about the live versus PGA headline, which is very surprising to me as to why I didn't think about Tiger Woods. I want to, though. I want Tiger to keep playing. But at the same time, he's had that surgery on his ankle. And the last time we saw him, he couldn't get around the course due to the, the conditions. I, I don't want him playing unless he actually feels like he can contend. Contend meaning I, I would start with just making the cut. And right now, it doesn't seem like that's close to being where he's going to be by the, you know, the calendar year, which would be any of the, the major championships, which is what he said he was gunning for whenever the year started. Well, he's definitely out of the U.S. Open. He is not on the invite list. He's, uh, he's bowed out of that as he recovers. And you know, the British Open is also something that he holds near and dear to him, but that's also pushing it based on the fact that that's in July. So I don't expect him to play. Do you? No, I don't. Uh, the, the, really, the only shot when he had the ankle injury and the surgery, I think everyone was saying, well, maybe by the British Open. But that was yeah. kind of a long shot. I, I don't expect him to play the rest of the year. I also don't expect him to re be retired. I think he's going to play again at some point. Maybe it's in time for the Masters next year. What The Genesis Invitational was the one that sort of kick-started this one before the Masters. Maybe it's an event like that, but... He's not done, done, but he's 2023 done. He's not done, but is he done from, you, you see what I'm asking, like from, from uh, competitive golf, meaning like he's more than just, oh, there's, there's the goat. There's Tiger Woods. He's playing in the, in the Masters. He's playing in the U.S. Open. He's available for the PGA Championship because you're there for the coverage of him and you're viewing him because it's Tiger more than it is Oh, there's Tiger Woods at the top of the leaderboard. So I said, and I was there in 2019 on the final round in Augusta when he won. 
And I said on that day, I'm never going to say never again on Tiger Woods contending or winning another major. We saw old man Phil Mickelson become the oldest player to ever win a major at the PGA Championship two years ago. So I'm not going to say never again, but yeah, the odds are so long against him being a true contender and being a storyline on Sunday at a major again that I have a hard time seeing how it's possible. But I, I can't say never with this guy because 2019 at the Masters offered us that glimpse of Tiger Woods' greatness again that maybe he could replicate again in the future. Again, if, if it's possible for Phil Mickelson, now granted, very different physical circumstances given Tiger, all of Tiger Woods' physical problems now, but I don't see it happening. I, I'm with you. I don't see people refraining from going after Bison or Buffalo anytime soon either. I don't know if this is the Yellowstone phenomenon or not, um, but there, there's a woman who, you know, for whatever reason, thought it would be smart to approach a, a bison recently in, in national parks and other places. We're watching the video now, but I mean, I, I think a lot of times people think that buffalo and bison are like cattle where you can go up and like actually touch them. That's not the case. These are the, the wild animals running free and view you as a threat. Even back in 2019, um, you've got video of People just walking by like it's just you know a random cow, and there's a like a nine year old that gets flipped into the air based on a charging, uh, <laughs> a, the charging bison. Like it's hard not to laugh at that I, video. I know the child's fine, by the way. It is uh, the I, child we show. I don't is know. If, fine, I don't know if she is or not. It's impossible not to laugh. Just at the. I mean, it looks it looks fake. I, I, but the like the, the who wants to? I mean, the who, it's a Disney like, view on the, them. With the, a bison, who, this is who not, thinks that's like, a good idea? I feel like this this is like a monthly headline, like where you're at Yellowstone, you're down in like the Osage County of Oklahoma, and you're just driving the plains, and you see these, you know, what people view them like they're cattle in the middle of a field. I, growing up on a farm, like you can walk out in the middle of a field and have no threat whatsoever to the bull or the the cattle that are there. Uh, meanwhile, here, I, I don't know why people feel the need to be like, oh, look how it's cute a, this animal is. Let me approach over, it. It's a <clears throat> people are going to hate me for saying this again. This is my stance on a lot of animal type things. We've oh, got no. Logan Ryan coming in, who I know is big Say in, the, in the dog world, and I, I love dogs too. But there is an over reverence <laughs> for animals in this country, and they're all our buddies, and they're all nice, and they're not in the wild. Animals are going to animal at times. This <laughs> this is what happens. Okay, uh, you have to respect the animal. If you see a beast the size of a bison in the wild, a Brahma. you can't let this. You, you're you're too on. There was a great line in uh, the latest Succession where someone was accused of being too online with their response to something, you are too online if you have been convinced that all animals are friendly and they're our friend and they're not here to hurt us and us, the big bad humans, are the only one out there hurting animals. No! You are in their domain. That bison can kill you yeah. and will kill you if you're in its way. You get out in the water, that shark will kill you. It's not your friend. Tigers, not your friends. Lions, not your friends. Smaller animals than that, not your friend. If you are in the way of something, they don't have humanity in them the way we do. They don't care. That bison 
Hutton, we watched that video. I felt a little bad laughing at that nine-year-old that got flipped in the air doing no, that. I, I because laughed. I'm a human. That bison didn't care. You think that bison was upset <laughs> about flipping the nine-year-old or thought twice about it? No, because animals aren't human. Humans here, animals here. God made it so. Dominion, humans over animals for a reason. You know Very simple. You know what's great? Bison burgers. They are. Now that's where Ted's I can, Montana Grill. That's where I'll cozy up to a bison. Chad, you it's and I at the have bar had, of a Ted's Montana we have Grill. Had many a lunch with those there. little uh, pickles yes. they give you on the side too. Yes. Also, the someone fries in the chat, let us know which pickles those are. Ted's Montana Grill. Give me your favorite Ted's Montana Grill <laughs> order. Mine is the George's Cadillac with the barbecue sauce. Mm. That bison burger. I just go is with the classic delicious. cheeseburger though. That's also very good. I mean, it's just keep it simple. Can't go wrong. They have a bison and blue salad. Yes. As well. That's I love a good salad. Mm, terrific spot. The Nuggets are headed to the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. Was it 47 years? That was the wait. There's one organization, there's one franchise that's waited longer. And they've been close, but have never been able to kick down the door. We'll discuss that franchise and compare it to the weight of the Denver Nuggets, where... I don't think they're feeling any pressure. I really don't. And it's bizarre because they're the best team in the league. We were told it was the Celtics. They play tonight. They'll be done soon. Headlines next.